0: Welcome to ReachMD. This special edition of the Global Neurology Academy Series is sponsored by Topec Global and supported by Merck, KGAA, Darmstadt, Germany. Welcome to Interview with the Author, Positive Effect on Multiple Sclerosis with Treatment of Metabolic Syndrome. We will be interviewing Dr. Ralph Gold, Director of Neurological Clinic at St. Joseph Hospital and Professor at Rohr University Bochum in Bochum, Germany on his recent editorial article on the effect of multiple sclerosis with treatment of metabolic syndrome. During this interview, we will discuss the article and study written by Dr. Negrado and colleagues on the immunologic effects of metformin and pioglitazone treatment on metabolic syndrome and multiple sclerosis, and Dr. Gold's accompanying editorial. We'll also discuss the impact of these drugs on clinical biomarkers and MRI, and where Dr. Gold sees us going in the future with research on immunologic effects tied to MS. This is Lawrence Sherman of the Global Multiple Sclerosis Academy. I'll be speaking with Dr. Ralph Gold, one of our advisory board members, about a paper that was recently published in JAMA Neurology, to which he wrote an accompanying editorial. It's a very interesting paper and a small study that looked at the impact of certain diabetes drugs on MS biomarkers. Ralph, it's always a pleasure to speak with you.
1: Thank you, Lawrence. Uh, Thank you uh, for discussing on this important paper. Indeed, I agree that there is some interesting stuff ongoing in the world right now. And uh, this is really the interaction of gut, of metabolic changes in the body with the immune system. As you and uh, our audience certainly knows, only 35% of multiple sclerosis comes from genetic reasons although uh, very elegant studies have been performed uh, in all this genetic association stuff. So only very little of this comes from genes, and more than 60% comes from environment. And the study where we had the privilege to write an editorial on was of interest because patients who had a coincidence of multiple sclerosis and metabolic syndrome They were then adjusted for treatment of metabolic syndrome, and this was correlated with multiple sclerosis disease activity. So we have the gut in between, we have resorption of food in between, and we have some anti-diabetic drugs, which primarily stabilize via the gut. And uh, the researchers correlated this Uh, with the activity of multiple sclerosis as measured by gadolinium-enhancing lesions.
0: What I found really interesting was that they studied both metformin and pioglitazone and looked at their impact on these biomarkers. What besides that gut interaction do you think is really important about the impact of these drugs on the clinical biomarkers and MRI?
1: Four years ago, Weckler and co-workers described that uh, double transgenic mice, mm, they are more or less kept under sterile conditions, like people receiving bone marrow transplantation, and they don't get encephalomyelitis, which is the animal equivalent of multiple sclerosis, if their gut is still in a sterile condi- condition like people receiving bone marrow transplantation, but as soon as they get the normal surroundings of uh, uh, the normal animal facilities, they develop the encephalomyelitis within six to eight weeks. So this was the first pioneering paper published in Nature three years ago uh, suggesting that there's a direct interaction of the gut, of the microbiota, and of metabolic changes. And I think what is interesting is that people who also have a metabolic syndrome indeed have more aggressive immune cells. We followed this original paper with a publication in immunity in October last year by my colleague Hagikia that we showed that the more long long-chain fatty acids, whether or not saturated or unsaturated, it's not a difference, the more long chain fatty acids we have in our serum, in our blood, the more aggressive immune cells you have. So what's ongoing in this cohort of 50 obese patients with multiple sclerosis and metabolic syndromes? You know that with metabolic syndrome, you have more circulating lipids, and long-chain fatty acids are lipids, basically lipids. And as soon as you stabilize, either by metformin Orbile by pyoclitosone, which is a PIPA agonist. Uh, it was already studied for MS by some people at Chicago some four or five years ago with some success. And as soon as you come in with these drugs, you can clearly expect that there is amelioration of the metabolic changes of all these uh, increased um, uh, long-gen fatty acids, and in turn, which was not investigated here because they only have uh, clinical outcome parameters and paraclinical outcome parameters like MI, in turn your immune system gets much less aggressive and you get more regulatory T cells. And of note is that if you look at epidemiological data, that young adults which are obese, let's say between 15 and 25, they have a two- to three-fold higher risk of multiple sclerosis as compared with people from the same age and with a normal uh, BMI index. So I think this fits quite well, that obviously not only our genes, but also our environment, our nutrition, and our metabolic status impact directly on the immune system. And this is really the first point that they clearly showed this and that a renowned journal like *German Neurology was so interested even uh, that the editorial uh, was uh, allotted to this paper.
0: That makes a lot of sense. As we delve down and look at the data in the paper, did anything really jump out at you, either about MRI or the other clinical biomarkers that you'd like to talk about further?
1: So I think that the most important stuff which we saw in this paper is really the MRI data, because MRI is clearly a well-established parameter, MRI, uh, for measuring paraclinical disease activity. And of course, at the same, ha- at the same time, they showed also um, uh, that there is uh, less metabolic changes, less fatties, fatty acids, fat and triglycerides also so so uh, they, did, um, uh, they did a quite pragmatic approach. They uh, looked at their BMI. At the same time, uh, they looked uh, at some drugs. So that's the first way. But maybe in the future, we also try to do more, not only to look at, obviously, uh, disbalance in uh, triglycerides and other lipids in the blood, but even more. We may even try to get our gut a little bit educated by diet, for example, a fiber-rich diet, which is also supporting bacteria, which mitigate the immune system in, in turn. So this is a very interesting link in the future. I don't think, to make it clear for our audience, that this is sufficient to QMS, but currently we are looking at MS like at a puzzle, and we look for all these... Factors which finally increase the risk and the incidence of MS. And at least in Central Europe, we see a raising, steadily raising number of patients with autoimmunity. There's a high-gain hypothesis. Our environment is more and more industrial. Uh, and uh, at the same time, we get less, uh, less dirt, less dust from the environment. And therefore, our immune system is turned to autoimmunity. This is a traditional uh, hypothesis. Maybe it's even more the metabolic problems, our diet, which changes our bacteria in the gut as well. There's an interesting study from Harvard University, from the MS group as well, that other bacteria are found in MS, uh, feces than in feces from uh, adults from the same family, which do not have MS. And this metabolic article adds on because it clearly shows us uh, that uh, if the metabolic uh, situation is stabilized, if leptin is also normalized by uh, via this approach, is the immune system is, let's say, less aggressive. And this may add, in addition to well-established medication, again to emphasize this, I don't think that this is sufficient to QMS. But our patients with MS, they do a lot of things. They take in vitamin D, with which I think is helpful, but still not proven, only proven in the context of interferon beta with one of the Bayer sharing studies. Uh, they try to change their nutrition. And now we certainly can tell our patients, please avoid overweight. Please avoid high BMI. If you have problems with diabetes and metabolic syndrome try to get this stabilized. So these are cofactors which may further make the immune system more aggressive. And I think this is the importance of the paper, Lawrence.
0: I think that summed it up very nicely, Rolf. Now, as we look towards the future, what should we take from this paper and other research that's going on and think about where research needs to go next?
1: Yeah. If you look in MS research, especially when you receive grants from international uh, MS societies, you see more and more researchers are focusing on this, uh, about the interaction uh, of the microbiota in the gut with the immune system and with other changes in the body which were so far not associated with multiple sclerosis. So um, traditionally, again to say it, In the 1970s, a lot of people, at least in Germany, postulated that omega-3 unsaturated fatty acids would be a helpful tool to ameliorate MS and the disease activity, which, however, wasn't the case. Uh, And even some three or four years ago, um, Kjell morten Muir from Norway and his group showed that a controlled study with omega-3 unsaturated fatty acids was without any effect, a well-planned study without any effect on MS activity. And now new data have come up and shown it's not the saturation or the unsaturation of the fatty acids, so whether they have double bindings or not, it's rather whether they are short or long. So we now know more about our nutritional, let's say, supplements, which may favor the regulation of the immune system. And I think this is an important step. So I recommend my MS patients no longer to go on with, unsaturated, with the unsaturated fatty acids, with the double binds and long stuff, but rather keeping some short-term uh, active uh, fatty acids, uh, like, for example, propionate. Uh, you could also use buty- butyric acid, which is, however, badly smelling, would never recommend this to patients, but so you add some short-chain fatty acids to your diet and you get a massive increase in regulatory immune, uh, immune activity. And uh, we, we do some t- two-year-long work on this in the lab and we have now some um, investigator-initiated studies on this running and uh, I can tell you uh, the data has been submitted as an abstract currently uh, that clearly the addition of short-chain fatty acids to the diet of MS patients increases their immune regulation by at least 30%. And we measured this by some leukocyte assays uh, and leukocyte activity assays. So just changing the diet on top of their normal medication, medication was unchanged, gets much more regulation in your immune system than previously assumed. And I only speak about MS. I'm not an expert in psoriasis or in rheumatoid arthritis, but those people who work on gut and autoimmunity tell us that obviously it's not only MS which is associated uh, with the gut and with metabolic syndrome. So maybe this changes our approach to autoimmunity in the next years, Lawrence.
0: So you really do have a nice way of tying things together, Rolf. I really think that the future of MS treatment and research is going to be looking more at how the environment and the immune system work together, and that's the direction we're going to have to take moving forward. Rolf, thanks for taking the time to speak with us about the paper and the editorial today. I always enjoy speaking with you, and I really appreciate all the work that you do on the Global Multiple Sclerosis Academy. Thanks again.
1: Thank you, it's a pleasure. And I'm looking forward to see you at one of the upcoming meetings. Thank you.
0: This has been a special edition of the Global Neurology Academy series on ReachMD. The preceding program was sponsored by Topec Global and supported by Merck, KGAA, Darmstadt, Germany. If you have missed any part of this program, visit reachmd.com gna. Thank you for listening.